Yeah, and you're right. Like the 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 nights that get away from you are becoming fewer and fewer for me. Because there's just nothing to live for. Brunch, hit it, boys. Bad news. We're both down bad. Are we? Mm. Hangover front. Yeah. I'm not... It's later in the day. It's later in the day, and I, I I, wasn't really hungover more so than, like, my body was just like, all right, enough. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't punishing me. It was just, like, how much more do you think that I can take? Yeah, that's kind of where I was. And also, I have no idea. What does down bad even mean? That doesn't mean hungover, does it? It means horny and like oh. you're simping and that oh, kind of oh, deal. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, it's like you're like one of those, like, hey, hey, my princess. Oh, like, right. And they'll be like, oh, that guy's down it's, bad. It's a guy that's trying too hard to get laid. Hmm. I think we were trying too hard to be drunk guys the last like five days. So that would make us down bad in that regard. Yeah. Uh, I had. Um, I don't want to call it a bender, but like we went uh, to a concert on Friday. Uh, you kept drinking at a bar on Saturday yeah. after being hungover, I think. Yeah. Um, I did it absolutely nothing on Saturday, but then I drank again on Sunday for football. And then on Monday, we saw Carly Rae Jepsen. So uh, it was a pretty long string of days for guys in their 30s. Yeah, I was going to say, and this isn't to say like, hey, check it out. The yeah, boys check drink, out how cool we But are. honestly... Nights get away from me so infrequently at this age, yeah. just because like you learn your body and all that shit, and it's just not always worth it. But we just happen to have had two very exciting events in a short amount of time, and both times we just fucking did it, man. Yeah, and you're right. Like the 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 nights that get away from you are becoming fewer and fewer for me. Because there's just nothing to live for. That's true, and I don't go out. Uh, like yeah. it's hard for a night to get away from you when you spend like all your nights on the couch when just you watching don't Cheers, participate in the night. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, yeah, the nights definitely don't get away from me as much as I used to. And I also think that like even now, like there, are, I I drive mm-hmm. to nights out because I'm like I'm I'll only have a few or whatever, and I, I, like I am more comfortable in my responsibility and my ability to make responsible decisions, but. I mean, if we're going to a Father John Misty concert or like a Carly Rae Jepsen concert, you're abs- you bet your bottom dollar that I'm willing to let that night get away from me. It's kind of like take like you get dropped off to a dance, but you yes. take a fucking limo to prom, sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. And a, a lot of concerts I'll drive to, and uh, if friends are there, I don't know why I just set that up as though I was assuming that I wasn't going with friends. I typically go to concerts with friends, but. Uh, when I definitely go with friends, I'll drive and do a beer before, and it just means I'm not going to drink at the concert. And I'm totally cool that's with it. not drinking you, at concerts. Yeah. That was de- my plan for Carly Rae Jepsen, but like we went with um, three other people, and or I guess two other people, three other people other than me. Mm. Uh, beers just kept showing up, and yeah. they were, they were the, bi- the big pounders, so... I drank a lot during the concert, which I'm fine with, but I just wasn't planning on it. Yeah. That's, man, that's a tough, uh, 
it's a tough faucet to close. Once you get into the rhythm of every time somebody gets up, they're getting stuff for the the old gang. Yeah, and I think like once you get past the first one too, the, the, it it's not even like really a question for the rest of the night. They don't even ask. It just kind of like they just keep flowing like wine. Drinking in your thirties is just a it's a strange thing, and. I don't know. I suppose most people drink their uh, entire adult lives, but it is weird how when you're young, it's just an exciting thing that you're like, can you believe it? Mm-hmm. We're drinking. And then in your 20s, it just kind of becomes part of a lot of social things. And then once you're in your 30s, you're like, so are we going to make this a drinking thing? A thing? Drinking thing or is it not going to be? Because I think most people understand like, I don't want to hang over or want whatever else, but that's why like I, I I'm like always cool with something being a drinking thing and I'm like I'm fine with making even like mundane things a drinking thing, mm. but in the way that like I'm having a couple and like I'm not ruining my next day where like I can have like two or three beers that'll be standard. I, I'll wake up feeling fine the next day. This one was just like I have twice weekend. ruined my next day. <laughs> yeah. I I burned a couple days. I woke up at uh, twelve fifteen, um, or I woke up when I normally wake up, and then I fell back asleep and woke up to a text from you at twelve fifteen that was like, "I definitely don't feel good." And I had therapy at one, and I was actually kind of excited because I was like, "Ooh, now I have to rush to therapy, unshowered, like wearing a hockey jersey," and yeah, that's why like, I feel very good that my therapy is all um all zoom oh no see i like i wanted to i wanted to be like is this what you want <laughs> you want to see the real me fine it's the fucking real me man <laughs> my therapist your therapist famously did not want to see the real you <laughs> no no but uh yeah it was uh it was like a good jumping off point it was like yeah you, we've got a lot to talk it was about like, today um, Cancel the rest of your appointments. You want to crack into any areas you think that uh, I typically won't touch. I feel bad about myself right now that I'm more than willing to talk shit about myself. Um, We've got a pretty jam-packed episode here. We rarely can say that. We rarely come to the table with with things. But we've got things this week. Headlined, of course, by Don't Worry Darling. And it's it, this has been the first time in a while that I feel like we've gotten, um, like, our listenership is like, you guys are doing Don't Worry Darling, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we absolutely are. I am super excited to talk about it. I'm I'm assuming that we're going to save it for, like, I kind of wanted, I wanted to, if it weren't for us addressing why we might be speaking, like, 15% slower... I was I was considering just opening it up with like don't worry darling fucking sucks let's go and dive in but we can do it whenever I mean you wanna is there anything else you wanna hit first we could even talk about the don't worry darling viewing experience because you got a new M Night Shyamalan trailer for- <laughs> the trailers really fucking uh, were all over the place before this showing boy was were like- they. Black Adam, um, there was uh, Shazam, yep. um, M. Night Shyamalan. Knock at the Cabin. Knock at the Cabin. Um, there was a, um, uh, an, an Exorcist spinoff, I believe. Pray for the Devil. Okay, maybe. And that one was fucking creepy as hell. Like, 
because it's a I, I do feel like thrillers have the weirdest uh previews. Yes. Because you get like some horror, you get like some action. Yeah. You've got like it's a weird, weird genre to be in the theater for the previews. It's very mysterious the experience yeah, of true. thrillers before a mystery. That's the you biggest be, thrill. Yeah. Is wondering what trailer is coming next before a thriller. I'll tell you what, the Shyamalan one looks good. It does. And I, I love Dave Batista. So is I'm, that the man who leads the The group? big old man, yeah. yeah. He is a former wrestler. Okay. And he plays um he plays the big blue guy in uh Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. So uh he's You know been, who else is in this movie, by the way? Uh which one? The Shyamalan one? Yes. Uh Rupert Grint. Really? Yeah, he was My one of the guy? guys. I was like, is Really? That? Yes. I did not uh I did not notice him. I did notice that there was a redhead. Uh, I did not know that it was my guy Ron Weasley. Yes, that was Ron Weasley from the books, if anybody read the books. Did... Everybody read the books. I read some of the books. You read I, all I read, the books. I, no, I read the first three books before anybody. Actually, no, the fir- I read the first book before anybody. Did you do all the movies? Uh, no, I was uh, lightly bullied about the fact that I was reading the books. My, what? We, yeah, my, I was like... My school, my neck of the woods, you got bullied if you didn't read the books. That's because you grew into the age where like, you get to read Harry Potter. I was the age where you could read Harry Potter as they were coming out. Like, it was no fucking thing for me in fifth grade to read a fucking nine billion page book. But people were like, you're really not going to go outside and play because you're trying to read this book right now? Like, that's what you're doing? And I'm like, yo, it's a crazy book. And they were like, okay, book boy. <laughs> and that, so then I... I don't know if that's necessarily true, though. Like, you may have gotten, like, a... You may have been on the train earlier, because I, I remember I got, like, the first two or three for Christmas, mm-hmm. and it was a craze at that point, obviously. Oh, yeah, no, it was a craze once the first one came out. Like, okay. the first one came out, and then people were like, when are we getting another one of these? I, I mean, things? I participated in that as well like yeah. once i started the books i eventually like kind of like caught up where i was i was all caught up and i was waiting for the next one i want to say my aunt got me some like bootleg uh some like real like devil wears prada shit you know the scene in devil wears prada where she needs uh her to get the next harry potter book i think it's harry potter she needs her to get the next harry potter Before book it comes out for her kids and she's like cool and she looks up she's like wait that book's not out and she's like, I don't fucking care. Go get it. Yeah. So she has to get like the manuscript and everything. My aunt did some shit like that where she was like, yo, I got you the new Harry Potter. It was the second one. She was like, I got you the second one. Uh, it's not the big uh, hardcover with like the two multicolor thing. Yeah. Uh, it's paperback and you're going to see a lot of words spelled weird, but it was like the rough draft. Yeah. Uh, well, it was like the English version, so yeah. Oh, the okay. UK version, so damn. Before they could clean that up, uh, there's a uh, there's a don't worry, darling tie in there where the yeah. where the English version is is not the real one. Get out of here with that. <laughs> uh, we are gonna do a um, a spoiler heavy review of Don't Worry, Darling. Has to be. Um, so if you want to see it. You don't want it spoiled. Probably going to want to hop off. Yeah. Uh, and then revisit this episode maybe down the line. But yeah, I mean, I want to jump into it because I don't want to be kind of like running out of gas or choked for time or anything. No. We, there's, there's so much to get into here. And uh, if we if we get to the, some of the other stuff that we want to at the a- afterwards, that's cool. But 
this is definitely top priority. This is a yeah. this is a a brunch movie through and through uh starting from the score on Rotten Tomatoes cuz it has a massive brunch score or it did. I don't know what it is now. You're looking at it Rotten is, Tomatoes yeah. right now. Um, what are we at right now? It is 38% tomato meter, 78% audience score. Uh go on uh sign up for the brunch uh Patreon by the way before we do don't worry darling want to squeeze that in before anybody locked in yeah so don't worry darling it's a 2022 mystery psychological thriller from director olivia wilde written by katie silberman is who did a very bad job writing this (laughs) uh it centers on alice and jack chambers in the 1950s town of victory california Jack works for the Victory Project along with his friends, everybody from the neighborhood. The men, including Nick Kroll, go to work during the day. They come back. The wives have cleaned the house. They're ready to be stupped, made them dinner, the whole thing. All very, very suburban 50s. utopia. Yeah, sort of like very, um, I was going to say MAGA idealist, but uh, I don't want to give anything away there but alice slowly begins to figure out something's wrong with this place mm-hmm. she starts to figure it out by the way just from listening to margaret who's like yo uh hey, everybody something's wrong with this place they're like margaret's so fucking weird <laughs> yeah uh subtlety not a strong point of this movie oh my god the heavy-handedness with which they address gaslighting in this movie so like this movie sucks. It's uh, mainly it's poorly written. I'll, we can get into some pros and cons, but one of the many bad things about it is that it's so heavy-handed with gaslighting. It is the it's not the best Florence Pugh gaslighting movie. That would be Midsommar, mm-hmm. and it's also not the best White Get Out, which it tries to be. Uh, get Out famously is the White Get Out. And the whites are just the bad guys in that movie. This movie is as if a high schooler saw Get Out, was really excited, said, I want to play, tried to write a movie like Get Out, and didn't understand that Get Out works and is brilliant because everything represents something. Everything means something. Everything ties together. There is no stone that's left unturned. This movie is rife with plot holes and in so many ways does not make sense. Even it's copying and pasting from Get Out doesn't make sense. I That might be where uh, we'd start to spoil it, but what are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts, I did. I don't think it sucks. Um, I think that it is... Um, there's a good movie in there somewhere, but it is certainly not as smart as it thinks that it is, uh, and it certainly does not a lot it's time properly uh is like my biggest takeaway because um there is like a big twist at the end but you spend so much time pre-twist that it like allows you to think about the twist that you know there's a twist coming you know that's the thriller in it you know that a twist is coming um again it's not very subtle so you there's a good chance you're going to arrive at the twist or close to the twist before it actually gets there. And then once it actually does get there, the twist is not fully fleshed out. Uh, it's It spends like 20 minutes post-twist 
and it really doesn't explain a whole lot and there's not a lot of uh like useful calories behind the twist it, there is a lot of empty calories in this movie. So I, I agree that the first hour of this movie is good. And with the exception, like, um, Harry Styles was really bad in this movie. Um, I didn't think so. Uh, he, he wasn't, like, distractingly bad. I thought that if Florence Pugh were worse, he wouldn't be distractingly bad. But well, Florence that, but Pugh that's unfair to is, Harry like, Styles. out there fucking grinding. And then you have this guy who can't really act and... I think he can act. Off of each other. I think he can act. The problem is is that he's going up against, like, a titan. So that's what of, I'm saying. Like, acting. if she were worse, it wouldn't stand out as much. But but, but you're holding that against her Harry Styles. Her doing her thing and him being like, oh, I hope you're not going to be hysterical. I'm like, God. Could, like, that's where, like, the director should cut and have them take that well, again. This is also poorly directed. Even Florence Pugh, when can she I stop says, you where there, are you there? guys all, uh, where did you guys honeymoon? Yeah. She says uh, Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. It's Hilton Head. Yeah. Like that's, uh, Florence Pugh doesn't know because Florence Pugh is British. Okay, that's but, where okay, let me stop, like, let me stop you, let me stop you. You're kind of holding it against Harry Styles that he was bad in this movie up against Florence Pugh. And then you said it's a, a directing issue. Well, here's my Both. issue. It's a directing issue because the director cast her boyfriend, who is not an actor, to replace the very good actor that quit the project yeah, opposite but... a very, very good actress. So as a director, you have a very important role up for grabs here because of because of the drama. We don't have to get into the drama, but like because of the drama, there was a very important role freed up opposite a titan of an actress and she cast her boyfriend after that she wasn't uh, i think they started dating uh, after though but still she dre- she cast somebody that she shouldn't cast she cast somebody that an she shouldn't unknown. cast she cast a, a person who was not an actor yeah i that I, is a that is a bad casting job oh yeah definitely and it would have been better if Shia LaBeouf were oh, yeah. in this instead of Harry Styles it still wouldn't have been a good movie it still so, would have made sense i w- I wasn't distracted by Harry Styles' performance. I was distracted by the thought that that could have been Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Those scenes, and also um, Shia LaBeouf, I'm sorry, uh, Harry Styles and Florence Pugh had Fifty Shades level Bad chemistry. chemistry. Awful chemistry. <laughs> like, very, very bad. But uh, it looked good. Florence Pugh was good in it. Kate Berlant was really good in it. I thought that was kind of a weird choice initially, but... She was really good. She was the uh, pregnant friend. Okay, yeah. She was good in it. Uh, Nick Kroll was kind of distracting. But I thought all. I thought most of like almost all of the others were distracting. Yeah, not well acted. I did think for, the uh, tall, Olivia Wilde was fine. Olivia Wilde was fine, and I thought the tall doctor was fine. Oh yeah, what's his? I face? thought he was pretty good. Um, uh, from Jonah. Like, yeah, yeah, Jonah. Yeah, the guy from uh, Draft Day. <laughs> That's right. He's. Uh, I thought he was. He was really good, and like that was a good, good casting job. Good casting job for him. Uh, how about Chris Pine as Robert California? <laughs> um, bad character, fine acting job. Like, yeah, I. I uh, he disappeared from the movie for like a good twenty-five to thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, he isn't in much of the movie. No, um, but anyway, uh, let's address the twist. So the the twist is, and hopefully everybody's seen it because I'm also going to address some things that we probably won't give much lead up to. But the twist is 
they are living in a simulation in which the men, present day men, have kidnapped women and they're living in this simulation together. So they're in a bed with uh, some... Uh, like eye scanners? Orange shit yeah. on their face. And they're living in this simulated world and when the men, quote-unquote, go to work, they clock out of the simulation and they go to work in real life so they can pay for this very expensive thing that they do. The women stay in the simulation at all times. They're, the men are responsible for feeding them and like watering them in real life <laughs> to keep them alive. That is the twist, a la the kind of get out, like they're taking your brain sort of thing. And... This is revealed with 30 minutes to go in the two-hour movie. And uh, it feels like longer than a two-hour movie. And the other things that are revealed along with that, such as that the children in it are simulations. They're not real people. Open up so many questions and so many plot holes that just don't get addressed at all. And mm-hmm. it's so fucking unsatisfying. And you get the feeling leading up to the twist that, like, there's not going to be much here. We're going to find out what it is. And obviously, the idea of like, oh, it's kidnapping and there's like simulations and computer programs and everything. That's like a big thing. But it's not much in that it's not satisfying because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so like that's what I mean by that the movie did not allot its time correctly. Because the first hour, like you said, pretty good. And like... This isn't a bad movie that you're going to lose interest yeah, at any point in the, in the movie. You're life. locked in, and it is entertaining while you're watching it, but they fail to land the plane. And when you have a thriller, uh, that is extremely important because it makes the previous hour that you enjoyed either worth it or a waste of time. And while I, will, I don't think – I think it's pretty strong to say that it was a waste of time, they, they spoiled the good hour – by not landing the plane in the final act. And I really do think that they should have spent like the second hour going through like the reveal should have come an hour in or like an hour 15 or something. And they should have spent 45 minutes to an hour really diving into the the twist here because I do think that it is an interesting premise. It's an interesting premise, but you have a lot to address there and they didn't do it. All right. So I've got basically five kind of sections of plot holes leading up to one gigantic one that just blows up the whole movie. Which order would you like me to go in? Uh, Let's build up to it then. All right. Let's start with the simulation. There's no badge or code to exit the simulation. You just have to go up to a thing and put your hands on it. That's not a good idea when half of the people in the simulation are kidnapped people. So all they need to do is stumble upon it, put their hands on it, they're out, and then, assuming they can deal with the atrophy, get out of their bed and be like, uh, what the fuck? I've been kidnapped. Really doesn't make sense. And also there's like this, they show this very official scene in the beginning where all the cars are driving. And I saw it twice um, because I want to see the first half of it knowing uh, what the reveal is. And the Jonah from Veep is saying like, okay, like... The men are officially blah, blah, and they're doing like all this official stuff, but what does it matter if you can just go in and out and it doesn't matter? There's nothing that's holding you from exiting it. So Yeah, there's no like guard tower. There's nothing. Nothing. They, they 
yeah, they are. They really don't have any level of security to get to the quote unquote headquarters. All right, now let's talk about the Bunny character played by Olivia Wilde. Why would Bunny let Alice leave at the end when it would end the simulation? Bunny reveals that she knows about the whole operation and that she's intentionally doing it because in real life her kids died and here she's with her kids. Two questions off that. Why would she let Alice leave when she's going to now lose all that? Like the entire reason why she's there, she's jeopardizing by letting Alice go. And two... Why, when so much of this movie involves drugging and fucking with people's memory, does she choose to actively know what's going on? Why wouldn't they have her do to her what they do to all the other women so she would actually think day to day that her kids never died and that she is living her, quote, real life with her, quote, real kids? Yeah, I mean, like that—that that one isn't really the 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 loophole that I'm stuck on. It's more like how how were they able to like recreate her kids just like based off of her description, memory? Like, oh, that's just that—that that is the the tip of the iceberg. Let's continue with Jack. Why wouldn't Jack just clock out and kill Alice once she figures it out? There isn't a plan for these guys that. What do you? What do we do when somebody catches wise and figures this out? Alice f- figures out everything that he's done. Says, "This is what you do. You took away my life. I was a doctor in real life, and all these things." And he's like, "Oh, uh, fuck. I'm sorry. Uh, give me a hug." And then he tries to like squeeze her to death. Why wouldn't he just run, get in the car, leave the simulation, and kill Alice? Uh, because I think that he's like so cocky and arrogant that he thinks that he can gaslight her or like manipulate her into staying and being happy. And I think that that's sort of like the hubris of man. Yeah. Well, a big thing of this movie is like, it's because they're incels. Yeah. And that's like, all right. You saw Get Out and you were like, <laughs> I don't want to specific. What, what, how can we specify which white people we don't like? Um, all right, uh, two, the drugs. Why do they prescribe her drugs in the simulation to try to get her to forget all the things she's seeing when they are literally drugging this person in real life? Why wouldn't you just add more drugs to what you're giving her? You could actually control what she thinks and how much of her brain she's able to use. By doing all this, that's what you're doing with everybody. Why wouldn't you just do it with her no i mean i i, I assume that it's like but be- i mean i i don't know like i assume that it's like because they she's gaining what is you what do you call it like awareness of the mm-hmm. simulation so like she's kind of becoming human inside the simulation and i'm assuming they're just trying to numb her out so why wouldn't they do that why would you do that on the outside yeah i don't i I mean, you like she is, person... she, she's in like a vegetative state already. So, yeah. like, how how much more are are you like able to? Maybe that's the possibly. Like, I... maybe they would actually kill her if they gave her more drugs or made her more veg more vegetative. That's I'll allow that. Here's the one though that makes you think. God, why did they make this fucking movie? The kids are not real. 
mm-hmm. which shows they can generate simulated people. Humans, yeah. Why, don't you Why just, wouldn't yeah. they just fucking simulate the women? Therefore, cutting out uh, 100% of the risk. Yeah. Yeah, I that mean, makes no fucking sense. Going back to how the fuck were they able to recreate Olivia Wilde's children, like basically just clone them? Well, if you can do that with the kids, why can't you do that with the outside wife? That's the biggest thing. Just simulate that thing and simulate this person, and there we go. It makes no fucking sense. This movie is so poorly written and it stinks because this was my number one most anticipated movie of the fall movie season before all the drama i was still excited to see it even with the drama then i started to hear like everybody else it's not very good and i was like fuck really because i mean think of i'm a fan of the eagles you can definitely fucking hate each other and make good shit. Oh, yeah, of course. So, like, so many bands, so many movies, that is in no way an indication that the work is going to be bad. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, yeah. Like- and, like, and sometimes that honestly, like, enhances the enjoyment of the band or, like, the lore. Yeah. Like, it just becomes more fascinating. Yeah. But, so here's my, here's my thing, is that I think I, this movie is obviously, like, disappointing from a... Um, from like an expectation standpoint, because I think that people were heading into this movie like legitimately thinking that it was going to be one of the better movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, like had a lot of hype behind it even before any of the uh, the drama. I I do think that like it was a disappointment quality wise, but it wasn't a disappointment in terms of like talking points because like this movie is still awesome to talk about yeah i mean i th- I thought about it for hours right. after i saw the movie and i wanted to go back and see it because i wanted honestly i just wanted to see well the the, the list of the five things that i just gave was actually like a list of like 13 things that i kind of condensed um but i was like if i see it again am i going to have a list of 100 plot holes in this movie like i like maybe we get to triple digits but yeah it's Again, it looks very good. Yeah. Its soundtrack is fucking banging. We haven't seen enough movies yet, but I think that Florence Pugh would be a potential leading actress nominee for an Oscar. Like there are good things about this movie, but it's just it's so so poorly written and not like nothing anybody else could do could make up for it. Even some of the shots in the beginning like when all the cars uh pull out of the driveway I was like, what are people talking about? This movie's going to be good. That's a yeah. cool shot. But, and again, you don't yeah, know it, that it's bad until like halfway through the movie. Yeah. It, I mean, even halfway through the movie, I was like still like, oh, this this could be good. No, halfway through the movie, there is a dancing scene oh. that is the worst scene of any movie I've seen this year. Frank, Chris Pine, pulls Jack, Harry Styles onto the stage and gives him a promotion and then has the band play a song and makes there's not even a que- there's not even like okay are we going to do this he gives jack his ring and then begins to take off jack's jacket as though like all right it's now understood you are to now dance 
So he starts dancing and he's like hopping about the stage. And Chris Pine's like, Jack, look at, oh, everybody, look at Jack dance. Twirl around, give it a spin. And everybody, like Nick Kroll, Olivia Wilde, they're all, they're all freaking the fuck out. They're like, he's dancing. And like Jack does not look like he's having a good time. He looks like he's like putting in work. Like he's, yeah. like, he's like learned he's, these steps and he's really thought about this for a long time. Like he is at the brink of exhaustion and he's still like spinning around like crazy yeah, that was a that was a weird fucking the, the scene worst it was horrible scene. um yeah and i i don't know like i still don't think that it was a horrible movie but there was there was a lot of bad writing there was a lot of nonsensical crap um i i i genuinely believe that they just did a lot of shit for the trailer um in this movie awesome trailer awesome trailer and a lot of shit involved in the movie that Really didn't need to be there, but almost all of it was in the trailer. So it made me think that they just did shit to mislead in the trailer. And that, to me, bothers me. Um, one of the other things that I had uh, were, like, you know, who are the guys in the red coats who are, like, working security in this world? Because- They'd also just seen Squid Game. <laughs> yeah, right. They were just wearing red coats um, and... Uh, I I don't understand who they are. My assumption is NPCs, but um, yeah, that could be it. But but like it's another thing they don't answer. But like yeah, I mean yeah, they maybe they're generated. They don't they don't answer. They don't explain that because like it was in my mind. It was bothering me. It was like so. Is there really a a a bunch of guys who are uh? going to work in the real world to enter the simulation and, and work, work security. Yeah. That's how I felt about the the trolley driver. But then I True. figured I was like, he must be uh, an NPC. Yeah, I mean, I wish... That the, the, Non-player again, character, for those of you who haven't seen Free Guy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and Or non-playable character. Oh. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, so that stuff is the stuff that should have been fleshed out over like the course of 45 minutes like they should have involved Chris P- Chris Pine's character more mm-hmm. in like the post discovery phase. There, there's like a weird twist even with that, where like his wife kills him so, and takes over, and I don't understand. That was they thought they were setting up the um, the don't worry, darling universe. Re- you think so? It had to be. Well, I was texting with a friend about it today. What other reason? Gemma Chan, his uh, wife, stabs him and says, like, you stupid man, it's my turn now. And my guess there is that she was the brains of the operation and Chris Pine was the face of the operation because it's for incels. So it's got to be a fucking guy that looks like Chris Pine. Yeah. Uh, But. They do nothing with that. There's no no build up to it. And then there's nothing after it. And one of my friends was like. What, what's an audience supposed to do after that? Are they supposed to like cheer and be happy? Like, th- nothing there is addressed. And I, they probably thought this is going to be a good movie. Let's set up a sequel. That's there's I not mean, going to be a sequel to this movie, folks. I like. I honestly, I honestly hope that there is because I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm just fascinated with this entire world now. Um, just like. What do they think that they were accomplishing? I guess. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I did write a one-line uh, one-liner for this movie. Nice. We haven't done this in a, a while, let's, let's, but let's I have a, it. feel like I had a pretty good one here. Uh, one-line synopsis. Uh, men would rather kidnap their wife and go live in a metaverse so that they can get laid instead of going to therapy. That's true. Do you think that any of those guys are going to therapy in real life? No, definitely not. Oh, by the way, they, they make uh, Harry Styles. So Harry Styles' character is actually American in this movie. They're an American couple living in Chicago, and uh, he loses his job. So then he has long hair and is sweaty the whole time and sits in front of like five computer screens in the dark uh, because... I don't know. I guess that's what uh, people do when they lose their jobs. Uh, a lot of shit in this movie is just like fucking insulting. I mentioned the copying and pasting from Get Out. Mm-hmm. There's a million ways in which that's just so fucking offensive. <laughs> like being like, oh, Get Out, I want to play too. But uh, a big part of Get Out is that black people go missing with little to no help from police. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about, like, and again, this is set in America. Yeah. Who is not looking for the attractive doctor that goes missing? A bunch of white girls go missing. That's like one of three things that gets uh, the police's attention in America. So, and that's terrible, but. It's very true. But that's true. Like, uh, the, the reason that worked for Get Out is because this is a group of people that is largely ignored by the police in their time of need it would not make sense if especially they're all from one area right he, there would be manhunts going for on. like a serial killer yeah and like because are there... none of these guys are missing it's not like 72 people are missing they're coming back they're tapping back out of the sim and they're going to work there's just 36 women most of whom are white missing and like, what are these yeah, racist ass cops have a field day with that? And like, what are these guys explaining when like their wife or girlfriend or whatever isn't showing up to like functions or or what? Like, they're clearly missing and not living their real lives. Yet they're at their apartment in Chicago, right? That's where like they're doing the whole thing, right? It's I don't like wouldn't that that woman Florence Pugh's character. Uh, her her family would have looked for her. Her like job would have looked for her. Been like, how the fuck did she go missing? Unless like they fake an accident and fake her death or something. That was I. Th- I they would have to do a lot of like. It would be some uh, what's it called uh, escape room shit where like they make up these big huge cover stories. But, but we I we but they're there in their that. apartment. Yeah, and they, again they are sitting in their fucking apartment. Right. Bad movie, man. So poorly written. Really, really bad job. And I guess I'm going in extra hard on it because I'm so disappointed. Its trailer was fucking awesome. Olivia Wilde, I thought that Booksmart kind of overrated, but Booksmart was solid. And Olivia Wilde, after seeing that, I was like, fuck yeah, Olivia Wilde, good director. Give me more Olivia Wilde shit. Just poorly written. But like Booksmart, I, I really liked Booksmart. And I thought that the writing was really good. The jokes were good. And like, you know directing i whatever like it was i wasn't like a standout for directing but it, you know it, it it was essentially super bad but right so that, that's why i didn't love book smart because it's a movie i've seen a million times before it's a movie that needs to be made because if there's going to be a million and one of those movies they can't fucking all be about white dudes so it was nice and a relief that there was one made from any different perspective at all but 
it was a lot of the kind of the same jokes and a lot of things that you'd seen before. Yeah, and so uh, again, I think this movie had a, had a, had a good premise and there was a good movie to be made, but it definitely could have used more time in the oven. Uh, and this definitely felt half baked. Uh, definitely felt too too generic in um oh, yeah, in its, its takes yeah. and like in the things that it wanted to be. I don't want to say edgy, but like groundbreaking. It was on. not profound. No, it was not <laughs> profound. Uh, it honestly kind of felt like. Remember the that Purge movie? Yes, where I they thought did, it did. Yeah, yeah. Where they did. Um, they were like, okay, but what if the Purge took on social issues? Yeah, and it was like, okay, we're gonna make a Purge movie about like, uh, like a poor black community being exploited by the Purge, and right. it had no no real social commentary of value. And it was still set so much in the future because it's a purge movie mm-hmm. that uh, it's like bring it's asking questions that like we're asking today that so it, it doesn't for it doesn't like it didn't further anything or project any progress, which I guess is a commentary on America that might be pretty fair. But yeah, where it was they were like, all right. Let's make it about this, and then they don't say anything. It's it's one of those movies, and I, this I said that about the Purge at the time. This is definitely one of those movies that is going to trick dumb people into thinking that it is like, oh, this movie is super smart because it's about this, or, or like, yeah, it's it's gonna it has very surface level appeal. It's not. I mean, believe you me, I would I would not kick out of bed a movie taking on like horrible toxic dudes but this is the definition of not it chief (laughs) because none of the dots connected it could have been it it could have been it chief it could have been a very cool uh, again like the the trailer of this like utopia and the men come home and the wives are so happy to see them and they've cooked them dinner and blah blah and everybody's just so fucking happy but something's off about it in yeah so in on that and i'm in on like the idea of of like but it's not something that's incredibly groundbreaking where it's like okay you're going into like an alternate reality to escape a shittier real life and like exploring that but like then adding the element of like uh like the masculinity and like guys trying to take back like the old timey stuff like that's interesting to me but i i want to it needs to be more of like a character study of like these of like the entire community and like why everybody is in there, why everybody chose to be in there, because that's the most interesting part of it. And like the couple that they they focus on is not extremely interesting. No, they're like the only ones without kids. Yeah, and like the the story, it's just like one incel guy who is not happy that his wife is more successful and doesn't want to have sex with him in real life. Like that is the reason why he's in there. I thought that like the Olivia Wilde element of being like, no, I chose to be in here because my kids are dead. Yeah, like that exploring the reasons why people would want to enter into something like that. There could be something very good there. They did have the the character of Bob, who is like the quintessential i don't know what the word is for it but um he's just like uh, just a fucking coward mm-hmm. and the the, the scene time, the scene where he, like everything sort sort of like start, starting to fall apart and he's like and, oh no st- yeah yeah, yeah like, that is that i was like, like running the gamut on like people who 
could be involuntarily <laughs> celibate. Yes. Yeah. And also just like the uh, they started to just like kind of scrape the surface of like what what sort of hell these people might be in for if they're found out. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't they just they don't really go any deeper on that outside of uh, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. Yeah. Bad movie. You think that she is able to get out of bed? She's got to have hella atrophy. She's been in bed for like years. Yeah, she. she they do do like the the gasp, so you know that she's yeah. alive. Uh, I guess we'll find out in the sequel. <laughs> uh, logged on letterbox. What is your letterboxed grade? I gave it two stars. I was debating between one and a half and two stars, but ultimately, for all the horrible things I've said about it. Uh, Florence Pugh is good in this movie and it looks like people paid money to make it and some movies are even worse than that so I'll give it two stars <laughs> uh, I'm giving it two and a half stars because like I said uh, entertaining um, kept me locked in the entire way through looked good uh, good acting from Florence Pugh great acting from Florence Pugh um, lackluster performances or i guess like or like adequate performances elsewhere but the writing was bad um the 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 reveal and the twist and the final act leave a whole lot to be desired and that sort of takes away a lot of the things that they did correctly yeah i want to move i want to leave this movie behind and as we leave things behind like the summer you got to transition into the fall and pick up your new favorite things. What I like about Vizzy is that as I transition from one season to another season, I still got a Vizzy in my hand. Whether you're cozying up for cuffing season, still don't totally know what that is, or hosting a tailgate that'll be the envy of the lot, pass the vibe check with a case of bold, delicious Vizzy hard seltzer. Got Vizzy Mimosa. We talk about that often. It's got that refreshing taste of real orange juice and is perfect for daytime sipping. It comes in strawberry orange, pineapple orange, peach orange, and pomegranate orange. And if you like to shake things up, keep your options open, you know they got those variety packs. You can get all sorts of ones. Watermelon, strawberry, raspberry, tangerine, papaya, passion fruit, blackberry, lemon. That's just in one of the variety packs. There's a whole other one. So... Vizzy Hard Seltzer, fall uh, flavors for every vibe. Stock up on Vizzy Hard Seltzer and show some love for the show. Here's how to get yours. You go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed to find Vizzy near you. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. And to hear first about the latest flavor drops and more, sign up at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. Must be 21. And you also got to celebrate responsibly. Molson Coors Beverage Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, I forgot to mention Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, I forgot to mention one of my favorite parts of the Carly Rae Jepsen concert was yeah. uh, she started playing the song that she does with Bleachers, and I go, "You, you said what song is this?" And I was like, "It's the one with Bleachers." And before I finished the sentence, you were like halfway to the bathroom. You're like, "Okay, cool. This is where I get to take my break." And then not twenty, not twelve seconds later. 
on your way to the bathroom, you texted me and you go, oh, shit, I do like this song. I won't lie. It was while I was in the bathroom. <laughs> texted you live. What's the name of it? It's called like I Come Back or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I, making a comeback, right? It's just called Comeback. Yeah. It's a good song. Um, it is very bleachers. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a really good song. I was excited that she started playing that one. But I thought it was funny that like I, I was not even finished with the word bleachers and you were halfway to the bathroom. Yeah. I was... Outside, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Great Carly Rae Jepsen show. Your first, which was surprising yeah. to me. I, I I didn't really realize that until yesterday. But then I was like pretty positive I hadn't seen her before. Yeah, and that's that's wild. Uh that was a great, great show. Uh I've seen her twice, both times, really great. I, I do think that um I had seen her pre um dedicated side B. Mm-hmm. So I really, really like dedicated side B, um, and so it 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 gave gave us more material and what what a show! Yeah, she does. She did um, call me maybe, probably what top of the fifth inning? Would mm-hmm. you say she? Yeah, she she came out swinging. Gave it its due, like really busted her ass on it, but was like, I don't need to. This doesn't need to be a call me maybe show. Yeah, and that every time I've seen her. Um, Call me maybe. I think has been, or both times I've seen her have. Call, call me maybe has been like mid set list, and I really like Great. that because the one thing and I, I believe I said this before, but like the one thing that bothers me about being a big Carly Rae Jepsen fan is everybody makes the call me maybe jokes, and I do wonder like how much resentment there is f- from her about like her being the call me maybe girl when emotion was incredible, dedicated was incredible. She said. An incredible string of hits since Call Me Maybe, but like a lot of people who just like don't pay attention to music or her music just know her as that person. So, I mean, I, she's beloved and she's obviously huge. I don't know that she's really had hits though. That's the thing. Like, people who don't know music incorrectly think that she's a one hit wonder. But so if you were yeah. to say like they, but they might not know. Cut to the feeling. Yeah. So I mean, when I say hits, I mean like like just gr- really jam, good songs. Bangers. Yeah, yeah, but not like not Shit radio boxes. bangers. Yes. Yeah, and because th- th- that is true. She doesn't. I, I don't hear Carly Rae Jepsen on the radio, mm-hmm. like on Kiss One Hundred Eight or whatever. But if you are into that type of music, you're very excited when new Carly Rae Jepsen stuff comes out, and she's made albums with like hit makers she works with the best in the business she makes really fucking fun pop yeah that was great uh her set her stage had an issue yeah she went on a little late because her stage had a bunch of clouds and during the opener we were like that's her stage that's kind of whack just a bunch of clouds Mm -hmm. then as they were testing everything uh before carly jepson went on you could see that the clouds lit up and changed Mm -hmm. color Game changer, <laughs> game changer. That I looked- still thought that it was not quite as uh, impressive a set design as the first time that I had seen her. These had a ex- clouds lit ex- up, dude. Extremely disco uh, vibe, like disco club vibe. The first time well, that I saw didn't her, didn't you see her at uh, House of Blues? House of Blues. So, like, obviously, the environment kind of lent House itself of Blues to that. Is a uh, huge uh, what's it called? Uh, disco has a huge disco ball. So, is it, were they just like kind of discoing out? Possibly, yeah, that could have been it. I mean, I like she. She does have like a strong oh, disco yeah. vibe to her. Like even her um her outfits and stuff during that show were like oh, yeah. sequiny and um uh, like. But yeah, I mean, like the 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 stage design was was a little 
not great, but not as bad as I thought when I f- had first seen it. Like because she had a video board behind her, and like, um, but yeah, one of those one of the clouds malfunctioned. Uh, the lights couldn't broke get it to work, and they just kind of punted on it. They were like, all right, well, this cloud's just not going to work for the rest of the night. So. First couple of songs, I was pretty distracted. <laughs> I was like, I really want that cloud to start working. I bet everyone on stage is pissed. So uh, great show. Um, speaking of. Really good shows. Uh, we started watching a, a show called Reboot. Thanks to our pal Jeff Israel. Yeah, big wreck from from the Jeff Jeff guy, and uh, that show is a lot of fun and very funny. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Rachel Bloom is a television writer who wants to reboot a song called show. Step Right Up. Show called Step Right Up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. It's got a cast of Judy Greer and Keegan Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville. That's the show that she's that they're trying to make. But the original showrunner, creator, whatever, uh, who is um, Paul Reiser, Paul Reiser, is stepping on everybody's toes, and you find there's a big little twist going on there, and it's a lot of fun. I, I mean, I would die for Judy Greer. No matter what, always. So all you have to do is say, Judy Greer knows somebody who's in this show, and I will watch it. Yeah, and uh, if you remember us talking about Friends from College, it does remind me of Friends from College. One, because Kiko Michael Key is in it, uh, playing kind of a shithead. Yeah, uh, and number super two, pretentious. Number two, um, it's about like old friends or old acquaintances who reunite uh, and go through the troubles that come after like not speaking or whatever for like 20 years. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think that it has a lot of the sa- similar vibes and I'm very, uh, very invested in where the show goes. I kind of do want to use one of the terms from the show. I forget what the term is. I, I only remember the English version of it, but Judy Greer's character is married to a prince and duke i think uh, oh yeah yeah oh yeah she becomes a duchess yes and everybody calls her i forget what the term is but it means clown whore (laughs) oh yeah and everybody's calling her clown whore she eventually gets out of that marriage it's not a healthy one (laughs) but uh calling people like clown blank i think is pretty funny because the, the term clown has really had a comeback the last like 10 years oh yeah people call each other clowns or if they mess something up, instead of saying, I chunked it, like normal people, they'll, like, put on clown face yeah. paint. That's Thanks, what... Joker. Yeah. Fucking good-for-nothing movie. Yeah, clown movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, reboot, very, uh, very strong. Uh, I'm also watching a, uh, a show on FX, or uh, well, I guess it's on FX, but it's on Hulu, The Patient with Steve Carell. And Donald Gleason. Nice. I don't think it's very good, but I'm still watching it. Good. I mean, it's kind of the time of year for that. Saul's well, over like, and Secure isn't anywhere. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's the time of year for that because Steve Carell's in a new show. Oh, yeah. Steve Carell. This is what people don't know, man. Did I say this Friday? Like, You think so? Steve Carell shows are bad. Outside of the one good one. R- right. right. <laughs> yes. But like, His batting average is... Yeah. is not getting good. Steve, if if you're to say, hey, 
I got this new Steve Carell show for you. It's probably bad. And I love Steve Carell. And the like, guy's a fucking legend. But yeah. those movies, just, or those shows aren't good. And I'm glad he said, accidentally said the word movies because most of his movies haven't been very good recently either. It's been a while since we've gotten like a good Steve Carell project. Welcome to Marwan fucking bang, Oh my dude. God. That movie sucked ass. That was like uh Welcome to Marwin was like one of the worst movies that I had seen that year and maybe since. I think I, I think I thought it was like a D minus. I didn't quite think it was an F, but that was a pretty bad movie. Uh, I want to I want to run through Steve Carell's uh, IMDb. And like well, I guess he has done the Minions movies, so Yeah. Uh I, there's nobody that's like easier to root for than Steve Carell and he is just like not getting good projects or not choosing the right projects. Mm. Um so let's see his filmography. It's filmo. You mean we're only uh we're only Eight years removed from Foxcatcher, which was nominated for oh, good movie for a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, the patient. He's good in it, but I don't know if the show is good. Minions: Rise of Gru. Don't count that. Space Force. Terrible. Uh, you watched the morning show. How is he in the morning show? Good. Okay, he's good in the morning show. How is the morning show? Good. Okay. I didn't watch. I haven't watched season two yet, but it's season one was good, and it had a Ween song in it. He plays Santa Claus in a video short called The Greatest Gift. I have not seen that. Uh, he plays Irresistible, or he plays Gary Zimmer in something called Irresistible. Never heard of it. Uh, Welcome to Marwin was his last major motion, motion picture before uh, Minions. Awful movie. Uh, he was in Vice. I forgot about that. He oh, plays... Yeah. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld in Vice, and that yeah. was just extremely distracting. Yeah, because he like played him so he, well. It, it, right, no, right? he just like played Steve Carell, if I remember correctly. I remembered something. Fuck yeah, I forget. I remember there being a strong thing with his Rumsfeld portrayal. I was gonna say, right when I said because he played him so well, I was like, I don't really remember Donald Rumsfeld's <laughs> mannerisms too well. Uh, the Beautiful Boy, which is the movie with uh, Timothy Chalamet. That one was okay. Last Flag Flying was terrible. Uh, Battle of the Sexes, I did not see that, but I do know that that movie was like, it was nominated for an Oscar, a couple Oscars or something like that. that yeah. Guy, that's the one with uh, Emma Stone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like the Big Short. Uh, Big Short, yeah. And fox catchers fox catcher yeah it's been a while since he's done anything really worthwhile steve carell you're on the hot seat we got a late breaking tweet from uh will defreeze here okay my son one has discovered the word dog and it's all he says now everything is dog he simply can't stop i asked him where he learned it he made me promise that if he told me he wouldn't get in trouble i agreed so he leans in and whispers, had it in me this whole time. <laughs> yes, that is amazing. Incredible. How many, uh, how many RTs on that one so far? I just gave it its 60 second. 63. It's starting to move. Oh, fuck yeah. Mm. Hell yeah. I saw you used uh, I did the use, Dylan tweet. I did use what the did Dylan tweet. What did you use it for? Uh, I responded to Elon Musk, who started a tweet with my son, 
oh comma and then use the name yeah. and so i was like oh i gotta i gotta dump this one in here my son seven has discovered d's nuts yes uh the replies to that have been uh just keeping me enter- entertained all day one person was like you have a kid and i said only every other weekend uh and then somebody said is is seven his name or is he age seven i'm so confused i love yeah people always respond uh you named your son seven and i said both uh so uh somebody responded to it's always weird when somebody responds to you for retweeting somebody else it kind of feels like stolen valor a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, it's someone, like, hey, this isn't about me. Someone I, responded, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm throwing a party. I'm throwing a party for this person. Yeah, don't give me the attention." Somebody responded uh, with the, uh, "They had us in the first half. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a good meme. That's uh, a good. That's a good little gift that people use." While we wrap up, uh, what's the meme potential for? Don't worry, darling. One massive one. Saran wrap on the face. <laughs> That one was pretty good. Uh, the The dancing scene has got to be. Oh something. yeah, yeah, dancing one will be a good one. I was saying before uh, we should tweet. Don't worry, darling. Trying to land the plane, and it's there's a plane crash scene in that movie, and it's just the fucking plane crashing. Which uh, I don't was was the intention of the plane crash scene. I have no idea. Actually. I don't fucking know. Yeah. And what? And Margaret has the little red plane. Yeah. all the time. I'm so confused. No clue. I, I have no. And idea. I'm positive they don't know. Yeah, I, no, I, I'm yeah. positive. Like the the writers don't know. Uh, if you've seen "Don't Worry, Darling," and you're on the Patreon, let's do like a little. Let's have like a some some discussion. Let's start about a it. dialogue. Yeah, like if there are things that you have outstanding questions on. Um, if there are things that you disagree with in terms of our takes, leave them on the Patreon. Let's have some some quality discussion there. Uh, Patreon.com slash listen to brunch. Don't I, I'm gonna be in a wedding uh this this weekend, so Whoa. I don't, don't know what our plan is for the bonus episode this yeah. week. We'll have to figure that out. We've been bringing the heat of late though. We have. The bonus episodes have fucking counted. Uh, good feedback on them. I like honestly wouldn't hate to just having a don't worry darling follow up discussion uh like with a guest or something. I would love that. Maybe get uh I saw uh Ken Jack has blasted off a few tweets about don't worry darling. I did and see I'm that he sure he that hates it in like as close to I want to hear the um I want to hear the LCP review if they've done it yet because I'm guessing that we'd be close to in lockstep like i've like i've well, already done like a review for work and stuff and posted my letterboxed shit on instagram and everything but i'm finding other people's stuff now and i'm like very you know what where like you don't want to see what somebody else says until you've kind of made up your mind and put it out there because you don't yeah. want to influence it i'm finding that as i look for other people's stuff on it it doesn't make me feel good, but like it makes me feel not crazy that they're like, who fucking wrote this? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I did see, um, I did see, uh, Ken Jack and Jeff had very drastically different scores, which rarely ever happens for them. Jeff was, I believe, in like the seventies. Uh, he had like a seventy ah. something, and Ken Jack was way, way lower. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to listen to, uh, to their review and see kind of like the discussion that's had there. I I also like am kind of treating I think that I'm going to treat this movie as like sort of a litmus test 
in that like did you think that this movie was very smart yeah and if so okay, like yeah I have that tells me what i need to know yes uh, i don't know how many people are gonna think it was that smart though i i disagree man i think this is gonna be a i mean like people are like we talked we talked about like that uh Florence Pugh and Harry Styles are probably two of the most stan heavy entertainers yeah. out there right now. So it's going to have a high audience score and stands of the movie or stands of either of them are going to say that they're going to trick great. themselves into loving it. Yeah. But like I'm not a stan of really anybody but uh the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> uh but like I'm a huge Florence Pugh fan I would say. Yeah. And I think she did, and I still thought she did great in this movie. But I think like that movie, the movie blows. No man, I I I believe that this movie is gonna like trap some people into. I mean, famously, that's <laughs> that's a good may point. contain spoilers. 